0: Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas, welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Living Easy podcast. Today we are going to be talking about greed and materialism. So I am really excited about this conversation primarily because this is something that God has been working on in my heart for the past year specifically, but really all of my life, if I'm honest with you. Um, If you haven't listened to the last episode about envy, this really does tie into greed. I do feel that they almost feed off of one another when it comes to sinful behavior. So listen to that one if you haven't. We have the past two episodes as well. Before that, anger and laziness. So tune in and challenge yourself to listen just for yourself instead of listening and thinking about that girl over there or your spouse or someone else, because God is constantly working in us and self-evaluation is really important. So before we jump in, Valentine's Day is coming, and I wanted to let you guys know that my team and I have decided to launch, because it's Valentine's Day and it's all about marriages, we are going to launch the Marriage Bundle, which is the Wife Project from Roommates to Soulmates eight-and-a-half-week course with the Sex and Intimacy Project for Couples, which is way more than a course about sex. It's about emotional connection and spiritual connection in regards to the gospel and biblical truth and creating your foundation of your marriage upon that biblical truth and how that then impacts your emotional intimacy and physical intimacy. So we are launching that at Ten percent off, and it's also one hundred dollars off of the original price if you were to buy them separately. So don't miss it. We will be doing a giveaway on my Instagram as well at Living Easy with Lindsay of these courses. This is an amazing way to really show your spouse that you've invested in them and that you want to continue growing. Or even if your spouse isn't interested, for you to start doing the work on your own. That's the premise of the Wife Project. We have women who do it together with their churches, but essentially they're just trying to fight fires that may be small sparks right now so that they don't grow into something larger, but also learning how to have a gospel focus when it comes to their marriage and becoming a godly wife. Make sure to keep an eye out for those. I'll have the link in my bio. Don't miss it. It's going to be for a very short time. And if you're not on my email list already, I'll add that to the show notes as well. Make sure to subscribe and you'll get all the information. Now let's jump in. We're going to be talking about greed and materialism. And in 1 Corinthians 6 10, Paul lists people who will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And in that he includes the greedy. One thing I want to start with is that our premise of all that I teach about and all that I talk about in my ministry is for us to have an eternal perspective. It is so easy to become inundated with the world and the desires of the world and keeping up with the Joneses and all of the things that it really becomes hyper-distracting. And what I want to do throughout this series is really to draw you out of that worldliness and that temptation of the world and to place you in a a position where you are prayerful and you are Christ-centered and that you're staying in tune with what it means to have an eternal perspective rather than a worldly perspective. So to begin, greed is not synonymous with wealth, and I think that's a really important distinction to make because there are greedy poor people, right? And there are generous rich people. So it can be really hard to know sometimes when we've crossed the line from making or saving money into the sin of greed. So in scripture, we see that God not only defines greed as A sin that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, but we also see that it brings ruin. In Proverbs 15, 27, it talks about that. Greed also stirs conflict, as it says in Proverbs 28, 25, and it's destructive, as it says in Proverbs 29, 4. And so a lot of the time, even when I'm thinking about greed, I think of the extreme examples, right, or the black and white examples to justify my own struggles. I think about the people who, like Jeff Bezos, who is a multi-billionaire. I don't even know if he's a trillionaire. Isn't Elon Musk a trillionaire now? That is so wild to me. But I know that Jeff Bezos doesn't, at least from the last time I heard, does not really contribute a lot to charity or donate much money, and most of it remains his. And with the amount of money that he has, that seems extremely greedy. It seems like he's unwilling to help the many, many, many people that he could help. So we look at that example and we think, well, at least I'm not that greedy. But when we look at the woman within scripture who gave her last penny and Jesus said, this is so much more, this means so much more than the wealthy who are giving an abundance of cash as their tithe because it comes from the heart. So when we look at Wall Street workers or hedge fund CEOs and think that is greed, I want to challenge you to look at it in an opposite way because I often tell my boys, we don't compare ourselves to the people who are worse than us. We can always find them, but we need to compare ourselves to Jesus because he is our standard. The standard is not those who are acting out blatantly with their greed or unbelievers. We don't look in that way. We say, okay, in comparison to Jesus, who gave himself as a living sacrifice, who gave generously of his miracles and his love and his compassion to so many who stopped him even on the streets, how do we compare to that? And so one thing that Christians do tend to mix up is the fact that money itself is not the root of all evil. You can see those with a lot of wealth like King Solomon, and think, well, he had a lot and he did use it very poorly, but he learned from that. And we're never above growth. We're never above sanctification. That's what the Holy Spirit lives in us for, is for this sanctification. But we want to be clear that money does not equal greed. So 1 Timothy 6.10 tells us that it's the fact that we love money, That is the root of all evil. When we love money or even now, when we love beauty or when we love appearances or when we love materialism, those are the things that become rooted in evil. It's not bad to be beautiful. It's not bad to love pretty things. But when it becomes an idol, that's when it becomes dangerous, just like money. So We want to be careful not to mix wealth and greed. So whether you have money or not, there are some important questions that you could ask yourself to get to a place where you are, again, self-examining and becoming aware. And this is something you could ask yourself every week when you're sitting down for a budget meeting with your spouse and you're navigating your bills and where you want your money to go when you're discussing your tithe and how much is going out that month and how much generosity you're going to provide to people in need around you. You can put these questions in as well to help you navigate what this looks like in your own life. So number one, could you live with contentment on the same income that you earned five years ago? If the answer is no, not necessarily could you actually function on the same salary, but would you still be content? If not, maybe begin to pray through that and ask God, what has changed that I feel like I'm constantly needing more? then what is enough number 2 is your gut impulse to find a way to give if for any reason that someone asks you for money or for time for kingdom ministry do you have the gut impulse to give generously or do you have the gut impulse to withhold If your gut impulse is to withhold, is there something that you need to navigate with Jesus in regards to maybe your experiences with the church? I know that this is not always an easy topic because we see that oftentimes the church is kind of disposable when it comes with our money, that they just use it for things that maybe we don't necessarily agree with. But and even with the homeless, you know, I hear people say, Well, I don't give to the homeless because I don't want them buying drugs or alcohol. And I understand that. One thing that I've really committed to in regards to the homeless is to give food or food gift cards because I find that that won't be as wasted. However, one thing that's really important for us to be aware of, whether it's with tithing or with giving to those around us, is that it's not our responsibility whether they waste that money. Our responsibility solely lies with honoring God with the calling to be generous. What they do with that is between them and Jesus. What you do with your money and with your generosity is between you and Jesus. So if you are feeling called to give, or even, let's be honest, even if you're not feeling called to give, giving of your money is a calling that God has called you to. And so maybe self-evaluating where are those areas where I'm being stingy or I'm hesitant and why am I putting that responsibility of what they do with that on myself when that's not what God has given me. Number three, do you believe and act as if a person's economic status indicates their value as a person? Okay, I'm going to read that one one more time because this is a big one. Do you believe and act as if a person's economic status indicates their value as a person? And whenever I think about this myself, I think of the verse in James that discusses partiality. It's in James 2 and it says, My people, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a person is wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor person in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become a judge with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved children. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But yet you have dishonored the poor person. If you really fulfill the royal law, according to scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well, but hear this out. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in even one point has become accountable for all of it. So this is heavy, right? Because I think that it is in our tendency to befriend people who are in a similar economic status as we are, to pride ourselves in being in a certain economic class, and therefore we look down upon, even if we wouldn't say it out loud, we look down upon those who are not in the same position as we are. And so it's kind of a question of like, do I befriend people who are in a far lower position than I am when it comes to economic status or even career status? Am I willing to befriend people who don't drive a similar car as I do? Or let's say, Befriend people who drive a complete junk car or who don't take care of themselves in the way that I think that they should or don't have money or the ability to do the things that maybe you do on a regular basis. Are you willing and open-hearted to those kinds of friendships? And even people who don't look like you, who maybe weigh a different weight than you do or you know ha- their appearance matters less to them than yours does. I just think this is a really important thing to ask ourselves and to become aware of when we're making friends or when we're shunning people. You know, I think that one thing that has always really bothered me and becomes a topic of conversation for a lot of people within the church is the damage and the danger of having a click within the church because it immediately – ostracizes people and makes them feel unwanted unwelcome unloved and it doesn't always have to be intentional you've built that friend group you've become close with those people but we have to be cautious to not only surround ourselves with people who look like us act like us think like us because that's a really dangerous place to be as a whole it doesn't allow for any growth and so I just want to challenge you I mean I think that that verse is really convicting I mean even to me as I read it to say, even if you struggle only in this area, you're negating the whole law that God has called you to and you are committing sin. So yeah, very challenging. Number four, is there anything in your daily life that you could go without in order to free up more money for generosity? So Jesse and I have talked about this in depth on the podcast. If you look up any of like the Money in Christianity episodes, we talk a lot about generosity and how it's something that kind of really drove us together and was something that we're both really passionate about and that we have found ways to be generous. And honestly, I think this is something not only that God has put on my heart, but that was exemplified to me with my dad. You know, I have so many memories of One time we went to California Pizza Kitchen, we were on vacation in Las Vegas and there was a man and he was standing by like the fire pit outside and you could tell he was homeless and struggling and he was asking for food and we had already left, we'd already paid, we were ready to get going and do our own thing, but this man was hungry and cold. And my dad, they CPK had closed. They actually closed behind us, which makes me feel bad that we were the last person after working in a restaurant in the past. I know that that's never fun. But anyway, so they lock the doors. My dad basically knocks down their door, just literally knocking, and has them make a pizza for this man. Let me tell you guys, not only does he do that, he takes a leather jacket, a new leather jacket, off of his own shoulders and gives it to this man without even a thought. He doesn't do it for the presentation of it. He doesn't care if we're watching. That is just who my dad is and who he's always been. And so this is something I watched growing up, and this is something that you can exemplify to your children. And this doesn't only mean homeless. You know, there are so many opportunities that we've had to bless people in our lives, friends. Is there anything in your life if you're like, there's just no way I can do that? Think about a coffee. You know, you send a $5 coffee to somebody, you make their whole day. (laughs) Send a $5 Venmo for a coffee and you make their whole day. So, what are the little things that you can shift in your own life and giving to yourself in order to be more generous? So, many of you may be listening to this and thinking, well, I am not wealthy. I am struggling. I am paycheck to paycheck in my life right now. And I know, especially in this economy, it is painful. It is painful for those even who are making good money. Because of the inflation and how damaging it has been but I want to point out that Even if your income is ten thousand dollars a year You are wealthier than 84 percent of the world We have to have that perspective because maybe in the u.s. We don't feel that we're wealthy But when we look at the whole grand scheme of the world god has called us the people in the u.s To a high calling to be generous with the blessings that we have in this country. And if you're following from a different country, which I know many of you are, I just want to say thank you so much. I can't even tell you how cool it is to look at my podcast map and see where everyone is listening from. It means so, so much to me. And I would love to hear from you if you don't mind even sending a DM on Instagram and just tell me where you're from, where you're listening from, how you heard about the Living Easy podcast. It's just, it's a very personal thing for me. I just love to hear Where you're at and where you're listening from. Anyways, so with all of this information, you guys, what are five things that we can do to overcome this struggle? And what are areas that we need to be really aware of? Number one is materialism. Luke 12, 15 says, Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. I love this verse be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. That is so beautiful to me. I literally want to write that on my mirror today. This is saying to live your life beautifully and abundantly is not to say you have an abundance of possessions. They are not one in the same. They are not equal. And we see this. I'm always showing my boys TikToks or videos That are made of other children in different countries. And one of them, I saw there were boys in Africa and they had like a little hut behind them. You could tell it was made of literal bricks and mud and they were dancing and smiling and having so much fun. And my boy Sutton specifically said, why are they so happy when their house is like dirt? And we were able to have an amazing conversation about how things and money do not equal happiness. That oftentimes people with the most money are the least happy because all they're doing is keeping up with the Joneses, trying to keep up with their bills because the more they make, the more they spend, the more they buy. And then they're stressed out and miserable. One of my friends actually recently told me that they went to someone's house here in Franklin and it was basically like a mansion, a multi-million dollar home. And the man answers the door, and my friend says, I love your house. It's so beautiful. And the man's first response is, Thanks, I really hate paying for it. And it, it's sad because it's not a heart of gratitude, which I'm sure they're grateful, but that's not what flows over out of their heart. And what is in the heart is what the mouth speaks, right? According to scripture. And so he's not thankful he's kind of resentful of the cost that he's spending the money he's spending and the work he's having to do probably away from his family to keep up with that home so i think it's just important for us to stay in our lane stay on our level and really live far below our means in the best way that we can but we have to be aware that this greed can seep into our lives when we're acquiring material possessions when we start making more money or when we have something that someone else doesn't it becomes this competitive spirit and people who are driven by greed are constantly striving to just acquire more and more and more and enough never becomes enough and that's why we go back to if you had the same income that you had 5 years ago would it be sufficient for you if not is there some repentance that's needed in your life so how do we overcome this i just go back to second corinthians 418 So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. It is having that mindset that as the Bible tells us, everything that we own is going to fade away. It is going to rust and have moths all over it. It's going to be nothing. I might have shared this on the podcast before, but one of my friends, very close friends, had a family member pass away, and he had millions of dollars in his savings account. And he was the most stingy person that she had ever met. I remember they were in a position one time where they were in need of some help and very little help. And he basically just said, nope, I'm sorry, not going to happen. And when he passed away and they found out the amount that was in his account, it felt very jarring to them to know that he could have helped but chose not to. And I know there are many ways people reasons that people choose not to help, but where does that money end up? It ends up in a savings account going elsewhere if it isn't used while we're on this earth. Okay, so another way that we see greed play out is with career ambition. Whew, guys, career ambition can make you ruthless. I've lived it. I felt it. There is a willingness to get ahead no matter who is in the way. And this seeps into our lives through this excessive drive for success in a person's career. And we're really willing to step on one another's heads (laughs) or toes to get to that place that we want to be, to be satisfied with our success. And one of the things that I've seen with this, and honestly, I feel like this is enough to draw us away from it is to see how damaging it is to relationships. And I have somebody specific that I think of who really, really struggles with this. And I love them to pieces. But anytime that there's a conversation about, you know, an accomplishment or success, there's no rejoicing. There's just competition. And I read a book a long time ago that was so impactful in my life. And it said, if you cannot rejoice with those who rejoice, if you cannot congratulate someone who is doing far better than you, if you cannot say, I am so happy for you without having to give a but or a, oh, by the way, this is what I did this week, or this is what I bought this week, there is something wrong within your heart. It is not an issue of if they're doing well, and maybe they're spending unwisely or all of that. That's between them and God. But if you cannot rejoice with those who rejoice as we're called to in Romans 12, there's an issue in your own heart in the unwillingness and inability to do that. So what we do is we repent of that. We ask God for forgiveness and ask him to move in us this ability, this longing, even this desire and to praise those who are doing far better than us and to know just as with money and materialism that our careers are not going with us. Number three, power. Greed can really seep into our lives through this desire for power. And this may not be as much of an issue with women as it is for men. And that may be a generalization, but just in my own personal experiences, professional experiences, I have seen that the greed of power is much more common in men. And that men become really competitive when it comes to having this appearance of success, this appearance of wealth, this appearance of accomplishment. And a lot of this is because of the curse that was placed on them with Adam and Eve, right? We women were cursed with the painful childbearing and a whole lot of other things. Men were cursed, it says in Genesis, with having to work tirelessly, endlessly, the sweat off their back in order to find their sense of accomplishment. And they're also the providers of the home a lot of the time. So that pressure is on them. And just very similarly to career ambition it really damages relationships because you find yourself in that long, longing for power, for career ambition, for materialism, you find yourself really unable to communicate with people whose sole focus that is. Because you, one, you don't like the feeling. Nobody likes the feeling of being less than or feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in a competition with you and I didn't even realize it. But they also don't like greed and they don't like envy. And as we talked about in the envy episode, it's like this sneaky little booger <laughs> that like attaches to you and it's not something you want. Envy is never something that you want. But when people long to make you feel envious, you kind of just like distance yourself. And and we do. As human beings, you're going to distance yourself from someone who's constantly making you feel like you have to keep up or prove yourself because it's so empty. It is so empty. And there's no foundation of a relationship when it looks like that. And again, as always in all these episodes, I am not speaking from a place of, uh, from a high horse. I have struggled, as I mentioned, with these things. And and I think that's why God has given me this passion to share on these seven deadly sins because it's been so eye-opening for me to be aware of Kind of how I make people feel in the way that I communicate. I even did it recently. I sent a Marco Polo to one of my best friends and I shared with her, I got a new car and I was like so excited. And I was just talking to her about it. And I was like, I haven't really shared this with many people. I just wanted you to know. But after that, I was like, why was that a point of conversation? Why did I need to even explain that I got a new car? Yes, it's something exciting and there's no shame in that. But There are so many more things that we can talk about, things of importance, things of virtue, of value. And so, yeah, I'm being convicted day in and day out, repenting day in and day out and learning as I go. So, and so in closing, we have these areas of greed that seep in that we may not even see. We may not even realize that they're coming in. And in the world we live in now with social media and with influencers as a whole, this is something I have to be aware of with the platform that I have is that we're constantly inundated with what to buy, what to wear, what makeup to use, all of the things that cause us to feel, again, like we're 10 steps behind and racing to keep up. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you that genuinely, the most beautiful, pleasant people I know and have been around are those who have no desire to keep up with anybody, who are fine with a quote-unquote mediocre life for God's glory, and those who really long to just love people. They just care. They just care about people. They care about life. They care about Jesus, and their heart for God is so contagious and beautiful and warm that you just want to be around them more. And That is the heart I long to have. That is not a heart that I have. I'll be completely honest with you. Like keeping up with the Joneses is a real struggle in my life, but I want to get there. And I think that's a first step for all of us, that if the Holy Spirit is convicting you throughout this conversation, that you take a step and say, okay, Lord, where do I begin? Which expenditures need to be cut out? Who do I need to apologize to for the conversations that I've held or led that made people potentially uncomfortable? Where do I need to ask for forgiveness in my ambition that has run people ragged or where I've run people over, literally trying to get where I'm going? Where has my greed or my envy or my striving caused me to feel entitled or to feel like I need to boast or brag? All of these things, greed just seeps in. And as scripture said, as we read earlier, life is not lived through material possessions. It really is lost through material possessions. Because this longing to be somewhere that we can't quite get to or this striving only leaves us feeling more empty with more disconnected or broken relationships and this feeling of insecurity and brokenness in our own lives. Greed seeps in. The love of materialism seeps in and it destroys. That's what the enemy does. He steals, kills, and destroys and he uses this to do so. So I love you guys. I just want to encourage you that there is hope in growth, that there is so much opportunity for generosity, for tithing, for giving to those in your own life who just need a little bit of encouragement, and it doesn't always need to be money. You can be generous with your praise. You can be generous with your compliments. You can be generous with your time and energy given to a friend, to tell them when they look beautiful, To even if it makes you feel vulnerable, which it probably will. But to tell them when they look beautiful, tell them when, oh my gosh, you are getting in such great shape. Even if you wish you were in great shape, tell them. If you love their new car or their new decoration, don't think to yourself, oh, I need to buy something like that. Or, oh, I wish I had that. Tell them how much you love it. Praise them. Spend your time. Offer to babysit for them and let them know that you're willing to take your own time to spend with their child so that they can have some freedom. That is love. That is loving our neighbors. And my goal right now, this year, and forevermore, is to be a godly, warm, and generous person in the presence of the people that I love and with strangers. So if you are on that same journey with me and kind of longing to get out of this materialism, greed, envy, struggle... I just encourage you to begin by seeking Jesus, getting in the word and asking God where he can remove those areas of sin and replace them with a heart of generosity and of love. So I love you guys. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for Jesus and all that he's done in our lives. And I can't wait to talk to you next week.